Welcome along to episode 731 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, Tom Reed Wilson will be along. Let us know about him playing Squidward in SpongeBob the Musical, which is at the Grand Theatre this week. We'll be hearing from Carl Finn about his latest music. We're having an atter with television vet Dr. Scott Miller, all about how animals are doing some of the same things we do. But sometimes, yeah, dressing up in clothes. We're helping them, but they are enjoying it. Plus, on top of that, Tyler Kelsey let us know about the third of her show celebrating the music of Mario Lanza. And we'll be hearing from Kerry Ellis all about Midsummer Night's Dream at the Stafford Gatehouse, which runs through into July. That's all on the way on the show this week. Welcome to the Milk Bar. 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 From the 27th of June through to the 1st of July, the wonderful world of Bikini Bottom arrives on stage at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre. Somebody who is playing Squidward in this amazing show is Tom Reed Wilson, who joins me now. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm all right. I hope we find you well and enjoying uh, what is an amazing time working alongside SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, and I, I and I am full of enjoyment in my beloved company and this clement weather and everything. And so I channel all my internal grump <laughs> into into my squid. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> as, as a squid, I, I, I maybe had a, a pictures you probably take on the role of something like a merman, something like that. But in this case, <laughs> you've got a, a full on attitude, haven't you? Uh, he's very, very spiky indeed. Um, he He's sort of, occasionally a lovable curmudgeon you know a little bit like Walter Matthau used to be <laughs> but um but for the most part he's just straight out spiking I mean he really is such an erinaceous character and um it's quite nice for me because I think at the bottom of my dormant Vesuvian volcano is some sort of molten grump <laughs> and it gets to come out in this character uh, in one great machine gun volley. It's it's quite nice. <laughs> so you're having fun with it. But it is a good, fun show, isn't such it? Such a fun show. And they are such a great company, Jason. I mean, um, Earth Andamani, who plays Patrick Starr, and Louis Cornet, who plays SpongeBob, and Chrissy Beamer, who plays Sandy Cheeks, their voices make every singer green with envy. I mean, they have such laryngeal dexterity and they shoot across the footlights and just delight everybody's eardrums. It's just so phenomenal. I mean, I, I find myself hovering in the wings just to listen because it's so special to hear them. And the songs are so gorgeous to sing too because we have about 15 different writers, ranging from David Bowie to Cindy Lauper. And what it means in terms of a musical is that every song feels utterly bespoke to character because they're divergent in style while still kind of making a comprehensive whole. I don't quite know how that's happened because without having one writing team, you might think there wouldn't be that golden gossamer thread that runs through the whole show and makes it feel like a, a whole perhaps it's the perhaps it's the orchestrations that does it but mm -hmm. it does feel like a cohesive whole 
And with the uh, the, the story you're telling as well, we have a, a, a nice message that comes along that reminds us that we must look after our planet too. It does indeed. And, uh, you know, this long dormant volcano, Mount Humongous, in Bikini Bottom is a little bit like a Mount Vesuvius and everybody's terrified of becoming uh, ashy Pompeians, you know, underneath it. Mm -hmm. But um, it is about how these problems pose existential threat. Um, and it's also a musical about prejudice, curiously, because the person that really is profoundly wise and has all the answers and the keys to un unlocking it, uh, happens to be a land mammal and faces enormous prejudice because she's from a different place and the uh, rather close-minded residents of Bikini Bottom initially don't want to listen to her. But it's SpongeBob because he is open-minded and warm and kind that does. And uh, together they, they solve all the problems. So we've got a great message on stage. We've got some amazing fun. We've got brightness, colour, fun, vibrancy, music. And uh, we've got you all dressed up. I mean, how, how does your look work for this? And is it something you maybe would consider doing for a fancy dress party after oh, the show is finished? Oh, my look is, um, is extreme, to say the least. <laughs> and uh, it isn't without its peccadilloes. I mean, I have four legs, so I'm a many tentacled creature, and they wander about, especially when they're in tap shoes. But um, they really, they go on with my trousers, and I've had the odd problem. Um, the first time I went back to the show after a little break in, in Manchester in the Opera House, my legs went on backwards, and I was practicing the tap routine in my dressing room, and I thought, this is very curious. I'm entirely on the wonk. <laughs> and I looked at my derriere in the mirror and my legs were completely inverted and my pretend gluteus maximus was digging into my real one. So I sent words to that effect into our group chat as a stonking great emergency before the curtain rose. And I just got seven laughing emojis. I think anything that you write about inverted legs and digging gluteus maximuses, it is bound to be ticklesome, it seems. <laughs> but they were they were reversed with about thirty seconds to spare. I I staggered down to the wings like an old larch, and I was fixed. My legs were fixed just in time. <laughs> You're clearly having a great time with the show, and I think that oh, it's a good family show, isn't it? It's a great family show. I I, I adore it. But with as with all great great family shows. Um, all the way through the ages, I think, uh, it is tiered and um, the top tier is for the grown-ups. And then we have all that wonderful kind of vaudevillian slapstick that tickles the kids. Um, but, you know, I, I think there are some Broadway devotees that come along because when this beautiful show was on Broadway, it was nominated for something stonking Jason like. 12 Tony Awards, I think, which I mm -hmm. think beat the producer's record at the time for nominations, not for wins, um, but it beat that record for nominations. And so there were a lot of um, musical theatre aficionados who were waiting for it to come. And so it's sort of, it's a very divergent audience that we get. 
and one which will leave the theatre with a smile on the face and knowing that they've seen a cartoon hero brought to life on stage so expertly alongside his many cartoon friends. Oh, Jason, that's lovely. Well, I certainly hear a lot of humming going past my dressing room when uh, when people leave. So I think that augurs well. <laughs> and, and what's it like for you getting out and about? I mean, I'm not sure. Have you played Wolverhampton before? I've never played Wolverhampton before. No, no. Some of the theatres I'm playing for a second time. I did quite an extensive tour of the Cat in the Hat playing the titular character about eight years ago. And so some of them I'm seeing again, but but most of them are new to me, actually. And what do you like to do when you find a new town? Because I know you're really busy, but you, you get a little bit of time on non-matinee days to explore, don't you? I do, and I'm I'm currently in Peterborough, which is our last stop before Wolverhampton, and I intend to get a pomegranate and go to the cathedral and visit Catherine of Aragon's grave. So, um, yes, I do try and do the kind of famous cultural things in in the towns that we visit, but there's not a there's not a huge amount of time. But um, I'm I'm trying to make it a, a an educational whistle stop tour, making the most of being out and about. I <laughs> yes. So uh, obviously we can get along to the grand. Oh one nine zero two four two nine two one two is the box office number. Grandtheatre.co.uk to grab yes. your tickets that way. And of course you'll be all over the socials, no doubt, whilst you're exploring. Where do we find Indeed you online? We will. And and if if anyone wants a uh, an online way of visiting, it's SpongeBob stage.com I think is the website so you can see more of the wonderful world of a, a, a Macy Bikini Bottom as it's brought to life it is the Spongebob musical the inimitable Tom Reed Wilson thank you for joining us <laughs> thank you Jason it's been lovely It seems that 86% of dog owners reckon their pets are replicating human behaviour. Am I talking to a dog or am I talking to Dr. Scott Miller? Let's find out. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Hello. Unless my uh, my dog has got an Australian accent, which I think is highly unlikely. Uh, yes, it's Dr. Scott here. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. And obviously, I mean, you're looking after so many pets and uh, being a, you know, a vet to the nation on this morning. Uh, but when it comes to uh, you know, the behaviour and behaviour in our own homes, it probably doesn't replicate what they do when they get to the vets does it most of the time definitely not definitely not um it always is upsetting to know as an animal uh owner myself an animal lover that uh our patients don't love us quite as much but you know when you come at things with sharp things on a regular basis you can understand why that might be aversive to, mm-hmm. to many uh but look this um incredible survey by you move uh has shown that yeah four out of five of us rep- believe that that our pets replicate human behavior but actually so much of that, I believe, would be encouraged by their owner. I don't believe that that the thirteen uh, percent of of dogs that are wearing clothes are rifling through their owner's drawers to put them on. I'd mm-hmm. imagine that's that's being a, a helpful hand being offered by their owners. Yeah, they're, they're not so good with the buttons, and certainly if uh, your dog yeah, was wearing a, a shirt like yours, I think it, it'd probably struggle a little bit. <laughs> I think they could rock it. <laughs> it certainly would work. Yeah. But it, 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 when it comes down to the sort of behaviours that we have, one of the ones that maybe we need to get our pets involved in too is keeping their fitness levels up. And uh, this is where uh, yeah, we can track what we're doing with a, with a fitness tracker. But it, previously, we haven't been able to do that with our pets. But that seems to be changing. Absolutely. Well, yeah, a lot of people now, about 32% of owners are suggesting that they do like using tech to try and um, 
understand a little bit more about uh, how much exercise their, their animals are getting, also the amount of sleep that they're getting uh, and the amount of stress levels that they're showing. And that's all really important information for us as vets to be able to understand and to uh, review uh, and for owners to just realize what's happening when they're not watching their animals. But exercise, like with all of us, is just so important. It, it increases longevity of animals as it does us. Uh, and there's just so many ways to consider exercising with your animal. And even if it's a cat or a small, a small fairy animal, um, there's lots of ways that we can keep them stimulated uh, and um, enriched within their environments. And certainly uh, attaching a device to their collar is going to make it uh, much more uh, interesting for you to see what they do get up to, particularly if you're doing this with a cat, because who knows what they get up to. I know, I know the intriguing world of a cat that goes outdoors, um, especially the one that um, comes back heavier after a day's outings because they're probably going to all the neighbours down the road expecting that they're going to be getting a tasty treat. Uh, but I think, you know, certainly when it comes to exercise across the board, but particularly with our dogs, they're the ones that we take outdoors. We have to be quite careful this time of year. Seasonally, we had a uh, have to ensure that they're not overheating while they're exercising. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's so many fun things you can do with your dogs these days you know, when it comes to being sporty and getting that heart rate up. Yeah, so what can be the most fun thing to do? Because it will vary by breed, won't it? We we're not going to see a sausage dog running a marathon. <laughs> yeah, so that would take, well, you, maybe you would, but it'd be very slow pace, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, and uh, they'd have to have lots of breaks. Uh, but yeah, look, you're right in saying that each breed comes with its different set of uh, um, exercise limits. Uh, and you kind of have to be careful when you're choosing a dog to be honest about your own exercise levels from the get-go. If you're a couch potato, that's fine. Find a dog that's a bit more of a couch potato, a very athletic dog. You might go for a more athletic uh, breed of animal, uh, breed of dog. So, uh, But once you've got them, and there's so many things. So you can swim with your dog, you can run with your dog, and you can dance with your dog even. So that's why I'm so um, happy to be involved with this You Groove campaign to get dogs and cats off the couch and boogieing down. Okay, and uh, do, do, you know, pets with music preferences. Have you seen animals, you know, absolutely, you know, wanting to throw shapes to maybe the latest dance anthem, or are they more likely to enjoy a bit of Kylie? Do you know what I have always thought that? Uh, well, and I think it's been reported a lot that they, you know, they like the calming sort of sounds of classical music. But one thing I've always said is um, when we're trying to manage anxiety around bonfire night or whenever there's bangs, um, the best type of music is actually dance music because it has that consistent beat, which means that, you know, that's sort of dulling the, the bangs that you're hearing. But also it just it lifts the mood in the whole house. So, you know, everyone can sort of be dancing around the house and it, it breeds that sense of positivity and happiness. And our dogs are so attuned to how we feel that I think that it just lifts their mood as well. So, yeah, I don't mind a bit of dance music in the dog. Absolutely. That'd be good. So how many pets have you got? So I've got loads. I mean, I've got four kids. They count as pets. And yeah. then I've also got two dogs. Scully and Ludo, who's our new uh, Bernadoodle. Then we've got two cats, Ricketts and Luna. And then we have uh, three tortoises, uh, two chickens and a hamster. So, so it's yeah, a very full house. It's a full house. And uh, I should think uh, that could be quite a rave. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Moshing around with the with the glasses on and, uh, <laughs> and, and listening to a bit of Kylie. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. It's very fun. <laughs>
It sounds like it'll do the job. So obviously, yeah, when it does come to the pet's health, though, we do need to take it seriously because prevention is better than cure and they need the exercise the same way as we do and because pets will get the same sort of conditions. If it's a heart condition, cholesterol, all those sort of things, they happen to our animals too. For sure. So, you know, keeping them lean uh, is always a, um, a really important part of our job to remind people that sometimes you see a dog that you saw a year before, you're like, oh, that one's put on some pounds. Um, and it kind of, it's a bit, little bit like kids growing that, you know, you won't maybe see it, but your next door neighbor might see that your kids have shot up. So as vets, we see maybe they put on a little bit of uh, a little bit of extra ballast. So exercise is really key for that. And you know, as long as you've kind of chatted to your vet or to the breeder about your specific breed, about how much exercise they can tolerate, then then do get out there. And and if it is that there are certain conditions that stop them from doing certain types of exercise, there's always other ways to raise their heart rate. And that's what it's all about, is just encouraging that metabolic rate, burning off those calories and keeping your pet nice and, and lean and mean. But equally, so in their diet, you need something which is going to help supplement all of that. And that's where you move comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, joint supplements like you move are, are really important to try and keep joints as healthy as possible, whether it's uh, the early growing stage, maybe it's um, in, in later life. Uh, but at all times when you have an animal that's quite active, you know, the last thing you want is to be rate limited by sore joints and uh, and you move is great for that. But, you know, I really would say to anyone out there, if you're, uh, if you think, Oh, how can we exercise or entertain our pets over the summer? Then, then have a look at this U groove campaign. It's so much fun. It's basically 10 to 15 second uh, little videos that then are posted onto ugroove.co.uk, uh, the website. And uh, then myself amongst a, a bunch of esteemed judges uh, will be uh, crowning the U Groove champion uh, in the autumn. So looking forward to that. Which means you can only demonstrate moves you can't enter the competition as well. Because you're not, I've been a judge, it's against the rules. Yeah, I know. It's a shame, actually, because I like every time I'm on this morning now, I'm finding myself dancing. This morning, I was dancing to Too Funky by George Michael. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I've, I've still got it, I'd like to think, anyway. <laughs> well, we, we'll probably have to see proof of that online. Uh, yeah. Give us those details again and where we find the whole campaign. Yeah, so the campaign is called You Groove, and it's at ugroove.co.uk. Uh, just check it out. All the information is on there, and then just start posting your videos with your, your pampered pooch, uh, all feline, and uh, we'll be judging later in the year. We look forward to seeing that. But now, Dr. Scott Miller, vet, uh, uh, on this morning across the nation and looking after your local practice too. Thank you for joining us. Thanks very much, Jason. Somebody who's been appearing at festivals up and down the country is Kyle Finn. He's got some brand new music out there too, and he's on the line there to let us know exactly what he's up to. Wearing the high vis. Hello, sir. Hi, how you doing? All right. I'm okay. And I didn't know whether you were going to be dressed as a as a cowboy uh, or, or what today, because you, you've got various <laughs> looks you've been utilising of late. Yeah, I've been um, I've invested in some uh, different outfits for the uh, festivals and shows that I've been doing this year. <clears throat> I've worked on a lot of. Uh, country and western sort of pop so um i uh i got a proper cowboy outfit including chaps so it's a bit of fun yeah 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 i try and do a different sort of theme every year but then when i do my sort of um my full nights then i do uh a few different themes in the same night we're talking serious costume changes to the rival the likes of madonna oh yeah really quick with no with no help either i've just literally got to whip it off and uh <laughs> Hope for the best. Hope I get there in time. My change music is so stressful. It's like, oh. <laughs> and and the, the high vis. What's what's this look for? Does this time with any one of the songs? Oh, 
you know, just finish work. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a bit about the music you got at the minute. Because you say that you've got several genres that you work in pretty much all the time and a number of collaborations. Yeah. yeah. So um, at the moment, um, I recorded a new single about, I think it was about a month ago, um, in London, actually, at Select Studios. Um, it's a pop dance song. Um, it was... It's composed by um, Harry Edwards, who is also releasing his own single, um, Stranger on the Dance Floor, next month. Um, he specifies in sort of pop dance music, very similar style to the styles that I've worked on before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he composed a song for me. So we went to the select studios to record a demo um, and I'm recording the actual single version with uh, Paul Shepard um, next month. So, yeah, hopefully I'll have that out soon. That's going to be a good one. And uh, when you're not filling dance floors for you know, sort of people throwing shapes, you're also letting them pop along to a bit of pop. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I've worked on a lot of new sort of cover songs this year to add in my shows and stuff. So I'm trying to I'm trying to sort of um, think ahead, really. I At the start of this year, I probably worked on more covers than I've, done at all um just to fit the themes of my shows and also what sort of sits lot along nicely to sort of my original music so yeah and and, and the facial hair is also featured uh in various different forms over uh, over the last few months has this been tying with any video work you've been doing or what's been going on okay so yeah this is actually thought out so uh last weekend i did uh, a country and western gig at um a pub in Exmouth called the Bathhouse, um, and I sort of wanted a proper sort of um, country and western sort of cowboy tash, so <laughs> it went right down here. And then this weekend, come in, um, I'm performing at Stoke Pride, and I'm doing a little bit of a tribute to Freddie Mercury, so uh, keeping the tash for that. But I'm quite, I'm quite liking it. I don't know, it's d- different for me, but yeah. It's uh, the, the facial hair is playing a, a big part in your musical career, which is again unusual. But it, if you can get a tune out of it as well, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like changing. My, I've always liked changing my look, but um, I actually recorded a music video um, with Gareth Hughes from GBC Television last year in Canal Street in Manchester, and I wanted a proper sort of eighties look because it was a song, um, a, a song with um, Polaric, um so we we recorded this music video actually in Canal Street and went proper 80s with sort of denim jackets, leather jackets as well, denim jeans and polo tops. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. <laughs> so that would be something we can look out for as well. Temporary Lover, that's what it's called. It's available on iTunes and Spotify now, but um, we're waiting for the video from Gareth. So looking forward to watching that one. That's a good bit of fun. Actually, you do enjoy your image. I mean, Team Kyle is something which you're still pushing online as well. So there's the football look that we we get periodically, and and all this. I mean, you you're heading out about from the, from the Midlands up and down the country, and you you mustn't know whether you're coming or going at the minute. I oh, know. Yeah, it's like the other week it was Southend, then it was Blackpool. Last weekend Devon, um, this weekend Stoke, and then we've got one in Leeds the following weekend. It's it's exciting. It's uh, it's nice to sort of see a bit of the country at the same time as as sort of you know gigging there. Because when you when you just go to gig, you just, all you see is like a stage and the the actual event that you're at. So it's nice to sort of explore the the town or city you're at as well. 
And uh, any of your other collaborators, you got stuff going on with? You mentioned Devon. There's somebody down that neck of the woods, isn't there? Devon. Okay, so yeah, I've started working with um, the Brass, um, and I'm doing Taunt, not Taunt, <laughs> Tim of Carnival with them. Um, so we're doing a proper sort of um, a West Country look. So I'm going to be like full of dungarees, singing like Wurzels covers and a bit of country and western as well, and um, sort of um, helping promote their pub and they're actually holding a pride tim of pride in september so uh yeah that's you, you can't move for different events and say so, hey, constantly yeah, changing what you're doing and, and mix it up a bit so you, you're clearly having a lot of fun with this as well but your audiences are enjoying it too hopefully yeah I'm, i mean i'm trying to do my original music alongside the shows which is really hard this time of year because you know i'm doing i'm coming back from my daytime job and I'm um, video editing or music editing or prepping for my gigs the weekend and I'm trying to I'm halfway through doing a music video uh, for Bob Bobiendo the duet with PJ so literally I wanted to get that done before the summer but it's like it's just finding the time to sort of fit everything in Um, I'm released um, a song with um, Dwayne AJ last I think it was last year and we're recording a new one this year, so that's being worked on as well. But it's just trying to sort of fit everything in, and things are taking more time than I was hoping for, really. Yeah, but the thing is, you also want it doing right. You're not rushing it. You're going to get it so it looks and sounds the way you want. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, looking forward to getting some of that out there as well. But, yeah, you're right. It's got to be how I want it to be. Otherwise, there's no point in sort of releasing it. There was a song I released earlier this year that took me two years to finish. It's called be strong and it's literally I had to keep sort of opening it up and going back to it and finally got it to how where I want it to be so I released it in January well lots of things online give us all the details on where we can find them and also of course the full diary of events so hopefully you know where you're supposed to be at all times yes yeah, so if you go on my Facebook page um, Kyle Finn Music uh, so Facebook forward slash Kyle Finn Music you'll find all the dates that I'm doing um, my YouTube is the Kyle Finn, where you'll find my music videos. I'm constantly editing my um, my live show footage, so I'm putting that online as well. Um, yeah, and original music on there as well. And songwhip.com forward slash Kyle Finn, that's where you'll find my original music to download or stream. And various barbering tips on keeping a moustache in the, uh, the best shape possible for gigging too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like next week. I, I, I think I think you could end up with his own vlog, to be fair. <laughs> that might be good. Carl, always good to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. Have a brilliant time over the summer and uh, keep uh, entertaining at all the gigs you've got coming up and surprising whatever it is you choose to wear. Thank you very much. Take care. All right. Thanks for the interview. Remember growing up, I felt comfort in my dreams. Still do I never did fit in. With them, I longed for them to think like me And as I lived my youth, I found No one is the same as me They all have their own paths in life Paths have joined and crossed Then end up has always been this love I hold It's gotten me through and exposed my truth Makes me feel I'm alive Even when I'm asleep
forever We can keep on and dreaming Do this for you Remember this is your life Need you moments we share Feel them You've got to set me free To bring back the love in me Do this To keep me safe I know Ground me from the start Still try I understand the love I give I know I'm hard to tell But think and when I have the time I see Your passion was the care For me Be strong for you Make you feel your life. On the 14th of September at the Dormston Mill Theatre, there's going to be a truly magical evening of music celebrating the uh, wonderful sound of Mario Lanza. Because Your Mind is the show, and Tara Kelsey joins me to tell me more about what we can expect. Hello to you. Hello there, Jason. Lovely to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you and good to speak to you again. And uh, we've been following your shows for some time now, and I know they've been hugely well received. And this year there's been a trilogy. Yes, that's right. Um, it, it's been a trilogy of concerts to um, commemorate the memory of the great American-Italian tenor, Mario Lanza. And it all started way back in 20, oh gosh, time flies, 20, 2021. We finally brought our first concert to the Dormston Mill Theatre with Be My Love. 
And then we had the sequel last year, the loveliest night of the year, back at the Dormstone. And we promised all the people of the Midlands, the Mario Lanza fans, it would be a trilogy. So this year, um, on the 14th of September, back at the Dormston Mill Theatre, we have the final instalment of the great Mario Lancer trilogy, Because You're Mine. So we're, we're, back, we're back there with, with that concert, yes. Uh, doors so, are going to be 7 o'clock. It's going to be a 7.30 start and it's priced at £20. And that is huge value for money for the night you're getting in an amazing theatre with uh, three performers on stage and, and, and you, as ever, are one of them and you'll be bringing your amazing voice to the audience. Tell us about who will be joining you. Uh, joining me is uh, Italian tenor Simone Francesco Liconti um, from Bergamo, Italy, and he flies here to join us um, for each of, of these concerts to, to the UK. Uh, back in 2021, Be My Love was actually his UK debut, um, although he's flown all over the world singing in uh, many of uh, the, the operas, taking the, the tenor leads of uh, Mario Cavradossi in Tosca, for instance, and Don Jose in, in Carmen. Um, and, and now he's coming regular to the UK to um, celebrate our, uh, our love of Mario Lanza with, with these um, concerts. And uh, accompanying us will be the Midland pianist, and I'm sure you know him well, Ian Stevenson this time. So we're really uh, delighted to uh, welcome him on board and um, have his wonderful uh, talent at the piano keyboards. Yeah. And, and this is in no way a tribute act, but it is a tribute show. There's a similar, um, what can I say? Not so much voice. I think every tenor voice is unique. Mm -hmm. And of course, Mario Lancer, you know, um, there's always great debates of, of how he was the greatest and, and, and no one will ever... Um, match him well it's impossible he was new unique mm -hmm. um i what simone shares with mario lancer is a great charisma and, and 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 of course he has his wonderful own unique tenor voice but he has a great charisma and sensitivity to the music um a big heart uh, these are all the um qualities the, the Mario had so um, he's he's the wonderful ideal to um, you know uh, be part, be a, the bit part or the star of this concert because yeah that, that it it is those qualities to com to convey the music to to be able to to convey so it's 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 not a tribute act as as some people know as in someone coming on stage trying to be Mar Mario not at all it is a tribute to his life and his and and the music and his legacy and of course there are so many uh, people of, of especially of the older generation that. Um, Love Mario Lanza. Have so many fond memories of him. Um, so just the name Mario Lanza, kind of, and all the ears are oh yeah, <laughs> be myself. Yes, oh my 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 uh, hey, um, my my husband uh, took me to see Toast to New Orleans, and on all these stories come up, you know, and yeah, very very well, much loved. So, but it's a name that I know. I mean, mostly from hearing Christmas songs, you would hear. 
each year, particularly for me, and in, in, growing up in the 80s uh, into the 90s, the, the Mario's voice was heard then. And it led me to borrow music from the library to explore more of his work. And I think from the moment you've had people come along to the concerts, they will have brought family members and they will have had that special moment celebrating this music with you over the last couple of years and will no doubt want to be there again for this event in September. Yes, well, um, I mean, I, I am uh, urging people, you know, who've come to, to our past concerts to, to come along because this is the grand finale. It is the final one at the, at the Dormston Theatre. Um, so, you know, we, we want to, to make it uh, the biggest and, and greatest yet and, and, and get everybody from, from the Midlands. And, 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 of course, people do travel. Some people will travel <laughs> far up from London and uh, uh, down from, from the northern part of the country. So people do travel as well. But um, I, I, I can't uh, express it enough to everyone that this is, this is the final, final instalment. Um, so, yes, do, do, do join us, or you Mario Lancer lovers, for sure. Because... Or say, somebody explore the music, see what's there, and then realise what a great time you can have listening to this amazing concert, because you're mine. It is taking place on the 14th of September. That's at the Dormston Mill Theatre. That's at uh, the school just in Sedgley. Uh, it starts, as I say, at 7.30. Doors will be open from 7 o'clock. Tickets are priced at £20. You can get those via ct.co.uk forward slash because you're mine, because... Y-O-U-R-E, mine, or we can actually call on 07957-661-2. That's 07957-661-2. And be ready to experience an amazing night of entertainment with music, which in some cases, some people may not have heard for decades. Yeah, that's right, yes. It's, um, it's like transport, transporting um, people back in time. You know, I had a gentleman... Uh, call me a couple of days ago and uh he comes along um this lovely gentleman he, he, he comes along alone and he's brought his third ticket he's come to every, every concert and uh he's widowed and he said that you know it takes him back it takes him back to when uh him and his wife met and and uh their love of mario lancer and the so when people come it's all these memories that are that are uh, there, and uh, they it just all comes back to them. It trans it transports them. I always say that music, you know, it can transport you forward. It can transport you back. It, it takes you wherever you want that moment to take you. And uh, I think in in that moment, um, all the love of Mario Lancer and the love of the music is 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 conveyed through the audience through everyone it's a real and and for me actually it's a special place the Dormston Mill Theatre and it, it being the end of this trilogy there's a I feel quite emotional because it it all started for me actually way back before um Be My Love and mm -hmm. the Lancer tribute tribute it started way back in um 2017 the year that I lost my my dad daddy my father and uh, he was a singer and uh, I did a, a concert there a one-woman show concert um, to celebrate my father's life mm -hmm. and 
all the music I'd, I'd shared with him, which included Mario Lancer in the program. And before he passed, we always talked about, you know, he used to say, you need to bring a bit, a bit a concert. You need to bring a concert to the people. And uh, it was my 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 promise to him as well. And he used to joke. He used to say, "But I don't. I think you'll need to go to Italy to find the tenor." (laughs) 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 Certainly, you did. You've got an amazing singer joining you on stage alongside your mezzo soprano voice, Tara Marissa Kelsey. Thank you as ever for joining us. Thank you for bringing the concert together, and thank you for uh, upholding the memory of Mario Lanza and bringing his music to life for so many. Definitely. Thank you so much, Jason. It's been wonderful speaking to you again. Thank you so much. The Festival of Shakespeare is taking place in Stafford once more this year. Kerry Ellis is one of the stars and is going to be very busy between the 23rd of June and the 9th of July. And he's here now to tell us more about what's happening. Hello to you. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, good to talk to you. And uh, uh, Shakespeare, it's not something that I would normally say. I hear the name Kerry Ellis. I'm thinking full on musical numbers. I'm not necessarily <laughs> thinking about some oldie English language. You know, it's my very first Shakespeare. I mean, I did The Tempest at school and, you know, we studied Romeo and Juliet. But this is my first, I guess, professional uh, Shakespeare. I've done a few plays in the past, but um, yeah, this is new for me. And I, I mean, I can't, I can't say enough how much, how much fun and how much I'm loving the whole thing. And I mean, just from being up in Stafford in this beautiful theatre with such an incredible group of people, our wonderful director and our actors, our, our fellow actors are just, I mean, they blow my mind. It's been, it's been a brilliant introduction for me to, to, uh, to Shakespeare. And, and it was so good to be doing it as part of a festival, which has been going on for three decades now. You know, this is uh, a, a real special treat. And it is a magnet from all around the Midlands for people to come along and enjoy Shakespeare in all sorts of different forms over the years. Uh, so what do we have for, for Midsummer and the, that is going to feel different to uh, what people may have seen in the past? You know, what I like about Midsummer Night's Dream is that it's an accessible Shakespeare for people, you know, and like it's for, it's new for me. And I think if you haven't seen a Shakespeare before, this is a great first one to go and see because our brilliant director, Sean Turner, has made it so accessible. You you know, you really understand every word. He's The set is magical. The costumes are brilliant. And of course, like I said, the actors are, are phenomenal. I really feel just honoured to be part of the whole thing. It's a real kind of immersive experience. The minute you walk into this theatre, there's kind of fairy lights everywhere and trees and you really feel like you're going into the forest. And it's a wonderful story. It's funny. It's feel good. Um, and it's brilliantly done. It's beautifully lit. It's um, it's just, there's just a real magic about it. And I think people are going to love it. So, um, and, you know, it's something special because it is only on for that those those couple of weeks. So, to do something that is that you know capture that moment in time and and then it's gone you know I, I'm I'm thrilled to be part of it and I want as many people to see it as possible because I think it's going to be quite special. But we find ourselves in 1930s Athens. We do. <laughs> I mean, you, nobody can see me, but I've still got my my uh, my hair in at the moment, my little plait, and um and, and yeah, the the it's set 
in a in a beautiful kind of you get that kind of sense of of the warmth the heat and uh it's it, it's a it's a really nice feeling you know it makes you feel like you're going on holiday and then we get the kind of change into the woods and the the fairy my realm the fairy realm in the woods and it, it that's kind of magical yeah i mean it's it's our our set is fantastic it really kind of transports you the minute you see it it's brilliant and you've mentioned the cast. I mean, you are part of an amazing lineup, including uh, some. Uh, some people will know uh, better from the, the the silver screen rather than the stage, potentially. Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan Hyde. I mean, I mean, what a what a privilege it is to. I mean, I work kind of opposite him because he plays he plays bottom, and he is just. I mean, it's just like watching a, a genius at work, really. But he's so generous. He's so kind. He's been brilliant to me um, and he's very funny. And yeah, you do feel like you're, you know, in, in the, in the, uh, watching greatness happen in front of you. He's, he's magical. And of course, like lovely Millie, Millie Zero, who's, who probably lots of people have seen on the telly as well. Um, wonderful, young, fresh, you know, again, makes Shakespeare seem like a modern day language. She's, she's so, uh, you can't take your eyes off her. She's she's just very she's so interesting to watch and uh, and we have um, yeah the whole cast. I mean Nora, James, uh, Richard, Dan Barton, who who's another musical star. Um, he plays Oberon and he's again fabulous. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a brilliant. We have some actor musos as well who who play on stage and uh, and obviously acting scenes as well who are just uber talented. I'm humbled every day by them. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, a wonderful creative team. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, just can't speak highly enough of it. I'm, I'm just really proud of what we've done, what we've created in these kind of few weeks. Um, and we're kind, you know, we're we're thick in the middle of our tech rehearsals at the moment, and and I'm, we're kind of almost ready to just start sharing it with an audience and to start hearing that reaction and and share what we've been up to. And uh, so th this is a part of the, the joy of the Shakespeare Festival. It brings people in who maybe only will see one Shakespeare production a year. If not, you know, it could be their first time too. You said it's accessible. I mean, it's billed as Shakespeare's best comedy and you can't go wrong with uh, jokes which uh, have been honed over such a, a long period of time. And in, in particular, the way he works the, the script to make everything work for uh, to be accessible to so many people. And, and that just, again, it means that we can get into it today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, it, it's, it really is just a, a really good night night out or a good afternoon out. We've got some Sunday matinees. So if, if, if the kids want to come, I think we're doing some school shows as well. Um, yeah, it really, is, it really is a Shakespeare for everybody. And even, you know, the people that are, have seen a lot of Shakespeare, I think this is going to be pretty up there. It's, it's a really it's a really good one. And have you got uh, one favourite moment that we can talk about without spoilers for those who haven't seen it already? <laughs> I've got lots of favourite moments. I mean, the, the the young guys that play the lovers um, are just magical. They have this brilliant scene that's um, that you know. There's lots there's lots going on. I can't really can't really tell you because there's too <laughs> many there's too many exciting surprises. Um, but just 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 the set. I think the set is so. It's it, it, it's so unique and mm -hmm. so you really feel like you're you're stepping into that world, um, 
and uh, yeah, this I can't say anything without okay. without kind of giving it away. Giving it away. <laughs> okay, we, yeah. we we're, we're not we're not going to spoil anything because it's, it's going to be truly magical, and it, it it is sort of an immersive feeling as soon as you walk into the theatre, though, isn't it? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, what they've done, the, uh, you know, the front of house, the stairs, the the whole theatre just feels like it. It feels more. Um, of like an immersive experience than just going to see a show. Literally, the minute you step in inside the theatre, you're walking along the trees and the magical fairy lights. And it gives you that kind of sense of occasion. It gives you that kind of magic, which which I think is what people will take away with them, that it's a whole immersive kind of experience. It's um, it's it's magical. And I think and we, we need to, to point out this year the the festival is taking place in the Gatehouse itself. I think that it's just the way it lends itself for this particular production, isn't it? And I think that, you, I mean, you won't have been involved in one of the outdoor ones, but for, for this, it just felt right this time to, to do it in-house. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I've run up to the castle since I've been here and it's beautiful up there, it really is. I mean, but I, I, I think to have... It's all lovely when it's sunny and it, we've had that beautiful weather this week. But today, with all that rain, <laughs> I'm not sure how well we would fare. Um, but it, you know what? It's good to give the castle a little bit of a rest, let the grounds heal, let the grass grow and and allow this to happen. You know, there's a reason that things happen inside theatres because we can we can make more magic. We have more lighting. We have more sound. We have we can have musicians where their where their fingers won't get wet if, if it rains you know there, there's a lot more possibilities and we can create a lot more um a lot more magic inside so um yeah i think it's 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 going to be great it's going to be really great it is going to be absolutely awesome as we say it is from the 23rd of June right the way through until the 9th of July gatehousetheatre.co.uk to get your tickets 01785 619080 is the box office number literally just up the road in Stafford and it is going to be amazing it is it is an event isn't it it's it's more than just a theatre show it is an event it's an event and you know this is a it's a really intimate house you really feel like you're kind of close to the actors and close to what's going on and like I said we're not here for very long it's a it's a short short run um so you know grab a ticket because i i really hope people don't miss it and go i should have seen that you know i oh that was a shakespeare i should have seen come and see it and, and i promise you you won't you won't regret it well Kelly Ellis, break a leg uh no breaking thank wings you. for any varies. Ah. we need to make sure <laughs> no. that, that that doesn't get damaged at all uh but thank you for joining us have an amazing time and we're looking forward to seeing a midsummer night's dream over at the Thanks. stafford gatehouse thank you so much thank you That's a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 732 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah.